Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is President Pro Tem of the Alabama Senate, Greg Reed. Also, the V-Team takes a look at Governor Kay Ivey's State of the State. And now we have an analysis of why there's some crazy bills in the legislature. Ours is a human world. Theirs is a bestial world, without reason, without soul. They're animals. Ah, the old us versus them routine. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt. Hey. Hi. How are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist for APR. I knew that would get y'all. <laughs> COVID day, baby. COVID day. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, hey, sometimes I forget who everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a week, right? Yes. Yeah, it's been a week. Uh, yeah. This week, Governor Ivey, or last week, Governor Ivey gave her state of the state address, and in most quarters, it was well received. I tell you, one place it was greatly received is among teachers, Susan. And they well deserve it. Uh, Ivy, since she's become governor, every year has tried to increase here and there, whatever she can do to help teachers get a pay raise from back when they got a pay cut several years ago. I think we're there now, but she's really dedicated to teachers, especially during this COVID. They, these guys are on the front lines. There are teachers that have lost their lives. There are teachers, elderly parents that have lost their lives because they brought COVID home. I mean, these guys have really, really, really been soldiers and all. And Josh, this 2% pay raise she's pushing for is for all education workers, you know, without the the, the custodial staff, the, the, the support staff. The cafeteria staff, you, you all could, of them. We couldn't run schools at all. Oh, no, we couldn't. And, and you're right. They are. They have been on the front lines and have been uh, have been heroes through the whole thing. Uh, you know, just the, the work that they've put in to try to do, balance the virtual versus the in-person stuff. Uh, it's been it's been crazy uh, for for a lot of them, and and they've they've done a, a lot of work. And and you're right about the staff around there as well. You know the staff uh, you know, in Montgomery, for example. Uh, you know they they make up food for kids to come and pick up and take home to make sure yeah. uh, they they have something to eat. And uh, you know and so it's just there've been a whole uh, bunch of people uh, in schools that have done everything that they can. To, to work through this terrible time, you know, and, and really 2% is the least of what they deserve. And they, they, I tell you this, it'll, maybe it'll make up for some of the, the way they've been vilified by some people in this state and around the country. Yeah, it's just outrageous. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you try to run a society without teachers and see how that mm -hmm. goes for you. You might end up with a bunch of numpties like we've got in the House and Senate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the other thing I thought was most interesting, you know, Men focus on mental health has just not been where it should be for decades. Mm -hmm. And she did bring up the fact that she's asked for $46 million, Josh, to expand uh, Taylor Harden. 
uh, the 96-bed uh, mental health facility, and to do other mental health facilities around the state. I thought that was a tremendous step forward. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think she said it a few times that one of her heroes is Lurleen Wallace, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I, you know, I think I would, I would probably disagree with a little bit of what Lurleen Wallace did, but the one thing she did that was fantastic was uh, the mental health care in this state. She really made it world class and kind of set the bar for the rest of the country uh, during that time period, and we've gradually moved away from that over the course of the last several decades, and so it's really nice to see that, and I, I'll tell you, it kind of plays into, you know, there's a horrible uh, statement that people make that's been horribly misconstrued, the, the defund the police portion of things, and it kind of plays into that where you're not really defunding the police but you're coming up with better solutions for people with mental health issues so our police and sheriffs and, and everybody else doesn't have to to try to deal with that and you send somebody qualified out to to a scene where somebody's having a mental health episode or something like yeah. that and yeah. i think man if we, if we can get back to that and have the facilities to house them uh it'd be it'd, it'd be a tremendous shift uh, for everybody well and right now what we're doing is housing them in county jails yeah. And that's not good for them or for right. our overcrowding. So it's no. better to have these facilities in place where they could actually get the help they need. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guarantee you, if you ask most sheriffs if they would be willing to give up a little bit of the budget uh, instead of having to deal with that, they would be all for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's humane and it's yes. use, good use of resources. Yep. It just makes sense. Again, yep. we have to learn to be smart in mm -hmm. government not just pandering government, we'll get to that later. But she, she said a lot of things in her speech, but one of the things, while she said, you know, she's never been a, an, av an advocate of gaming or gambling, and I believe that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, she did seem to say, hey, it's time to get something done, Josh. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely time to get something done. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's been well past time. We're just losing money at this point. I mean, you yeah. know, we've got gambling in the state. Uh, you know, we've got three, three or four or five large casinos operating currently. Uh, we're just not making the revenue like we should be off of off of gaming. And so, I think a smarter way forward, a more comprehensive package. And I think we're pretty close to that. I think we've got some agreements in place, and uh, and and so maybe we can move past the nonsense that we've had before and finally make some money here and open some places up for some folks you know that like to gamble like me you know i don't know let's not forget that we're also losing money on the lottery because our, our neighbors around here drive to georgia drive to mississippi yep. to get their lotto tickets yeah money yep. just going right yep. out the door uh mm -hmm. well i you know i, I was on a uh, jt's radio show in birmingham the other day and he said well what, what do you think do you think we're gonna get this bill passed this time and i said i'm gonna say it as sincerely as i've said it Ten hundred times before, we're as close as we've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's about true. That's, I'll, I'll say, I'll say that that we've never had this kind of agreement between the major parties and the major players before. Yeah. Uh, so that that gives me a little bit of hope. But you know, I know we can still screw this thing up if we really try. <laughs> well, you don't this, have to try that hard. This is this is Alabama, where failure is always an option, and sometimes yeah. the first option. You know, that's true. Yeah. But I think. Overall, uh, I would give the governor high marks uh, for her state of the state. Susan, how about you? I, I, she rocked it. She rocked it. Josh, you can come in and kick us, kick her in the teeth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, it was okay. I, I, I mean, you, you know, for, for a Republican, I, I could say it's all right. I could live with it. All right. Well, I thought it was a good job. We, uh, we certainly appreciate her coming on our show and giving a preview of the state of the state. 
And we'll be right back with Senator Greg Reed, the new President Pro Tem. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At AlabamaWorks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at AlabamaWorks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill. Because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. Welcome back to The Bead, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Senate President Pro Tem, Greg Reed. Senator Reed, welcome. Thank you, Bill. Glad to be with you today. Susan, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Senator. This has been a historic week in Alabama politics. In 2010, the Republican Party uh, took over control of the Senate. Uh, Senator Dale Marsh was elected the leader of the Senate then. He has decided to step down and concentrate these last two years on specific bills that he has in mind. And your colleagues, both Republican and Democrat, unanimously elected you to lead the upper chamber of the State House. What was that like for you? Well, it's certainly a great honor and a great privilege for me. Uh, it's been a joy for me and an um, incredible learning experience uh, since I was elected in 2010. Uh, but to be elected as president pro tem is a great honor. Uh, certainly big shoes to fill. Senator Marsh, as you alluded to, has been the president pro tem for 10 years, the longest serving president in the history of Alabama. Uh, he's done a good job and uh, been a friend and a mentor to me. But uh, I have strong relationships within my caucus and within the minority caucus throughout the Senate body. Um, and to receive a unanimous vote to be the president of the body is just a great thing for me. I'm as serious about it as anything in life and want to do the absolute best I can in that role to make sure that the Senate members feel like that I'm leading in a way that's going to be respectful of all of them and moving us in a direction that provides good things for the state of Alabama. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be uh, enthusiastic as we get going here. Can you give our viewers uh, kind of a, a a little bit about your management style, how you expect to move the Senate uh, 
together. I mean, it's often been compared to herding kittens. So not an easy job all the time. But can you give us a little bit about how your style will be? Well, I've served as majority leader uh, of the 27 members of the majority party in the Senate for six years. And, uh, you know, that's given me some good experience, I'll tell you, in being able to manage the process of having folks be together. I think um, members want to, they want to understand what's going on. Uh, they want to be heard. They want the topics that are important to them to be things that leadership is listening to. And I've tried very diligently to do that. Um, in general, my style is, as a businessman is, has been pretty detail-oriented. I've tried to be very specific about making sure that I was intentional on doing things within my organizational style or management style, and that's been well-received by my colleagues. Um, I think communication with the body is very important. Uh, people feel more comfortable when they know and understand what's going on and what's about to happen. That's not always, as you both well know, that's not always, number one, something I even know is about to happen in the Alabama Senate or something that you can plan for constantly, but doing the best I can to communicate with the members and make sure they understand what our plans are and our goals are, I think is one of the hallmarks of a leadership style that I wanna have. Um, I also think that making sure that the voices of each of the members are able to be heard, whether Republican or Democrat. They have constituents they're representing. They have issues and topics that are important to them. They have opinions on whatever we're dealing with on the floor of the body, and I want them to have the opportunity to be able to express those. So those are some things that I think are important moving forward. With the first, session, first week of session behind us, what do you see coming in the next several weeks as far as legislation and what you guys are planning on doing? Well, we had three pieces of important legislation that were agreed to. The governor was promoting those as well, agreed to with House leadership. I've been discussing with the House leadership and Speaker of the House for uh, weeks on this legislation. And in week number one, we were very successful in being able to move that legislation. Uh, two of those bills were in the House. One was not paying tax on stimulus resources from the federal government during the coronavirus. The other one was incentive packages that were focused on recruiting industry to Alabama. Those were carried by Representative Garrett and Representative Poole, respectively. Also, a leg, uh, legislation on liability to eliminate frivolous lawsuits, potentially, in the result of coronavirus. That was carried by Senator Orr in the Senate. So the goal was to move those pieces of legislation. We've successfully done that. So we'll have two pieces of legislation coming to the Senate next week. One is the Danny Garrett bill that will be handled by Senator Roberts, Dan Roberts. And then I will be handling the incentives package that I've worked with Chairman Poole and Secretary Canfield on as it comes to the Senate. So those are gonna be two highlighted uh, elements that we'll have hopefully on Wednesday that we'll be able to deal with that. Uh, there's there's some, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just gonna say there's there's gonna be some other follow-up from things that are going on um, in the committee action that we had. We had a robust committee day on Wednesday, a lot of uh, committee action. And so there'll be for the rules chairman to choose from uh, some more things that we'll look at on Tuesday as far as a calendar. I think we'll still be focused on topics that are relatively non-controversial, but focused on important items 
Um, so I think that's what we'll see on Tuesday and then maybe these other um, agreed to pieces of legislation potentially on Wednesday. Uh, one of the, you had some appointments this week, some confirmations. Uh, would you share with us about those things that happened? Yeah, when you look at the work product, of which I'm certainly proud of, you know, you're the guy in charge week number one. You want things to go well. That certainly was my goal. And I think all the members were excited to be back. I think the spirit of the body, even though we're, you know, covering our face with a mask and trying to stay apart, just kind of restricts a lot of the normal camaraderie that, of course, you'd see in the body. But I think the spirit of the body was enthusiastic people were glad to be back to work doing the things that they had been elected to do they were committed to do for their constituents um, in in looking at the confirmations i think we had a total of 10 maybe 11 confirmations some of those that required senate confirmation held over from the last session that included uh, the university of alabama board of trustees and auburn university board of trustees were a part of some of those confirmations so we worked on those on Wednesday, got those taken care of. That was some of the first action that we could actually be involved in. And so we were able to deal with that. Then went on on Thursday and were able to pass 21 pieces of legislation in the Senate. And uh, 10 of those were focused on military and veteran affairs related issues that had been of importance to the Lieutenant Governor uh, and a task force that he was a part of in working on some legislation specifically focused on enhancing our legislation for military bases in the state of Alabama, which we all know is super important. And great news is more coming with uh, Space Force going to be headquartered in Huntsville, Alabama. Well, it was a very big week, a very productive week, according to our reporters, that there, there were things going on so fast that we had four reporters covering it. They couldn't keep up with everything. So we want to congratulate you on having a successful first week. And thank you for joining us and letting us know you're always welcome and we appreciate your leadership. Well, thank you both very much. Hope you have a great day and appreciate the chance to visit with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you and you too, sir. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest has been Senate President Pro Tem, Greg Reed. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Alabama politics. Josh, I my frustration level has reached 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. 
with the fringe ideologues coming up with the craziest notion of racist, sexist, uh, just putrefied bills that just reek of 1860. Now, I mean, really, our Senate and our House and our governor is working hard, along with Senator Canfield, to pass legislation that would incentivize companies from coming to come to Alabama. Meanwhile, there is a segment of our our House members, our Senate members, that are wanting to pass laws that will encourage people to not come to Alabama. <laughs> and then our most vocal uh, ones in the national scene are Mo Brooks and mm-hmm. uh, Barry Moore, who sound more like racial separatists from the 1960s than they do business-friendly Republicans. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Josh? Well, you know, uh, it, it's, I, I'll tell you what, what we have is a, is a problem of a one-party state. Uh, you know, and we've always had a, the prob- the, this problem. Uh, and, and when you have a one-party state, it tends to amplify uh, the most extreme voices of that state because the people have to keep moving further and further to the right or the left, whichever, whichever one your one-party state is, uh, to, to, to please voters. Uh, here and so that's what we have in this state is we have people who have gone out and pandered to a group of voters uh, that you know will, will get them elected and they believe that the those votes come by way of protecting monuments uh, that are offensive to a large group of people by you know doing crazy pandering bills uh, you know transgender this or whatever uh, you know and that's what we end up with here you know if we would if we would elect people on the basis of you know, their qualifications and what they know about real issues that affect you at home, uh, then I think we'd be a lot better off, but we're not going to do that, apparently. Susan, uh, Representative Mike Holmes uh, announced that he has put forward legislation to strengthen the Alabama Memorial Preservation Act. Mm-hmm. It's so so tightly written or that if anyone who disparages or dishonors mm-hmm. A statue. A statue. Can have consequences yeah. come down on their head. Absolutely. You know, it, it, this is ridiculous. You can't it, you can't walk by a statue and smirk at it without consequences. <laughs> I mean, this is the most... <laughs> these guys know they're wasting their time. They know they're wasting the taxpayers' dollars down there. Greg Reed said earlier, is they're not dealing with controversial bills right now. This is a total waste of time. All it does is embarrass the state and embarrass the business community. Josh, you yeah. said we we have to remember where we came from so that we can move forward in the future. So we yeah. have to remember that at one point in Alabama, we, we fought to make sure it was okay to enslave black yeah. individuals. So we yeah. got to remember that in a good way, according to Holmes. Well, you know, I, I don't. Has somebody forgotten that? You know, we removed a lot of these statues. Did it erase anybody's memory uh, over the last no, you know no, year or so? No. Uh, listen, I, I don't. This is what I've, I've never understood. I can't wrap my head around um, the fact that uh, people don't understand how these statues are offensive. All right, if I told you today that we're going to erect a statue to someone who previously 
uh, enslaved your ancestors, beat them, separated the families, killed a few of them. Uh, you know, it, it, that's what we're going to do. We're going we're to create a statue to that person and for people who fought for that right to do that. You would, there's no way you would be okay with that. There's no way that you wouldn't be. Well, I said, whoa, 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 that, that'd be offensive to me to create a statue to Hitler or to, you know, the 9 11 terrorists. You know, how about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the fact that you don't, you have these people out here who are pretending, I assume, that they don't understand the hurt that is there among black citizens in this state and around the country, it, it's, it doesn't ring true to me. It's, it's phony and, and it's hurtful. And I, I just don't understand why you want to do it, why you want to continue on with it. Well, I know we talked to a very prominent uh, black physician, female, who was recruited to Alabama. After mm -hmm. about six months, she said, no way, I can't stay here. The subtle yeah. racism is too much. Mm -hmm. And she moved. Uh, yeah. But this is just one of the bills. I, I find Chip Brown, is is he is looking to be the new Mo Brooks of Alabama, I guess. And he's come up with several offensive legislation, but one of the silliest ones is this censorship bill. He says that if there's public dollars that go into a website or if it's public and all that, you cannot censor it, Josh. You, you, and this, is, this is going back to the Twitter wars and the Facebook wars, but he says you can't censor it, right? So yeah, give us an and, example. And, uh, it's just, I mean, it, you know, so, so for example, if you have a school Facebook page, uh, you know, and somebody goes on there and accuses a teacher of being a pedophile, uh, you can't, you can't take that down. Otherwise you got to get back all the tax money, uh, because right. it, the only exception to this rule under Chip Brown's bill is the incitement of violence. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's so ridiculous. I mean, these people that don't seem to understand what free speech in the First Amendment and how it applies and doesn't apply to, to private businesses is really so uh, absurd and ridiculous that I, I just, again, I don't even and, know what we're doing anymore. And obviously somebody who's never had to monitor Facebook pages like we yeah. do and Twitter to keep the hate mongering and, the you know, all of that stuff off of, well, off that's of right. it. Right now, Governor Kay Ivey, Secretary of Commerce, Greg Canfield, Many of our state leaders, most, I would say all of our big corporate leaders are moving the state progressively forward with more inclusion, more diversity. <clears throat> we would be remiss not to see that Regis Bank, the biggest bank in Alabama, one of the top banks in the country, has devoted itself to diversity, to, mm -hmm. to inclusion, to the word equity. And I think yep. people like John Turner, the CEO and president there, are leading. Our lawmakers should follow that example, Josh. Yeah, you know, I wrote something about uh, about regions and, and their diversity push uh, over the last uh, couple of years, uh, you know, and, and how they've gone about it. And, and you would be, I, I, I challenge people to go, don't just take our, our, my word for it. Go out and look what, what regions has done and what they've set up with their diversity program there. It is, it really is a kind of a game changer among the business people in Alabama. And I, listen, I don't blow a lot of smoke, man. I don't, you know, so it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm more with a hammer. Advertiser. Than a, <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. I wish they were. Well, of course we do. But but the thing yeah. is, we want to commend Regions Bank for doing what they're doing. We need folks to follow their example. Yes. We're gonna have yes. To absolutely. Right Hundred percent. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them. <laughs>